0: Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. hey everybody welcome to jen lowry writes okay i've got this big cheesy smile right now because i am pure fangirling i've got one of my favorite authors on the show today this is kelly martin guys hey kelly (laughs) kelly martin lives in a possibly haunted house in a small southern town while she'd like to say paranormal things have only happened to her at home it would be a lie She's an active member of the Horror Writers Association and an international number one Amazon best selling author in horror, paranormal, contemporary, historical, young adult, and mysteries. All of Kelly's books have one thing in common. Imagine the real world is tilted slightly on its side. You don't really know what's going on, what's missing. But that tilt, that hum that you can barely hear, is telling you that something is off. Kelly oh I'm so excited to be I'm so here excited. look guys you see fake Nora hey. oh Kelly tell us about fake Nora
1: fake Nora came out Tuesday and it's got a lot of fans already which has been amazing <laughs> it's been so much fun to see all the pictures on Instagram and and facebook and people messaging me um their picture where they have it it's, it's awesome that they've actually read it <laughs> and already have like asked for more books and all that so that's that exciting but fake nora is about it's a middle it's a spooky middle grade book um it's about a girl named nora who uh her mother loves old things she loves antiques and she takes her antique shopping that's their saturday thing um and they go to this antique store they've never been in before and uh the sign on this dresser mirror thing says do not touch and normally you know she's been to to um and takes swords all of her life. So she knows if the sign says don't touch it, don't touch it. But there's something, of course, about this mirror that's like it's like a, a buzz that she has to touch it. And then her mama finds it and her mama buys it. And then bad things start to happen at her
0: uh, home. <laughs> bad things for real. Look at the cover and see that sneer of fake Nora on the cover. And you're going to get that creepy feeling. As soon as you understand like what has just happened with this whole mirror deal, you're going to be like, I'm going to be second guessing, touching things (laughs) at antique stores (laughs) or or looking (laughs) into like old mirrors in the future. Like, I will be honest, Kelly. One, you know, I love the book, like five star love for middle grades and moms like me. I tell you, I loved it. But when I go to antique stores in the future, anytime I see an antique dresser or anytime I see a mirror, I'm going to think of fake Nora. Like I'm not oh. going to be, it's going to be association on overdrive and I'm probably going to get creepy, creepy feelings. We went,
1: we went to a bookstore recent, not a bookstore, an antique store. Cause I was looking, I don't know why, you know how you get these thoughts in your head. I wanted a teacup, like a real old, because I don't know why. I just wanted it. Because they're cool. Cause they're cool and I wanted one. Um, so I I went and there in the back of this antique store was a dresser with a mirror on top of it that looked a lot like what I had thought Fake Nora's or the dresser would look like in Fake Nora and um so i took a picture of it and put it on my instagram actually the dresser that i had when i was little uh when i was younger when i was a teenager i wanted a dresser an antique dresser with a mirror on it It there's an oval mirror on it and we looked 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 and finally there was this old antique uh, store in an old church and we found it there so there's no telling how old this dresser is and it's in my girls room (laughs) right now so that's that's kind of when I see the mirror of fake Nora that's what I see is that mirror I need to take a picture of it yes my girlfriend probably be like please
0: (laughs) it would still be cool to see it though because maybe that's one of those is that one of those inspirational pieces for you
1: yeah I think so I, I always knew that I wanted it to be um, about a, a takeover event from a mirror, but I want it to be like a cool mirror, not like just your regular bathroom mirrors, which can be cool, but <laughs> I wanted it to, in. this instance, it's needed to be an old mirror, something that had, could have been around in the 40s, it could have been around for centuries because of Babe Nora. Um, she's a doppelganger. If, if you want to spoil her on that part, she's a doppelganger. And when she comes out of the mirror and switches lives with Nora, you know,
0: that's when the crazy things happen. So I love how you build relationships with characters. You did that in your previous books. Guys, I found Kelly Martin, I'm going to say not by accident, but by the Lord's divine intervention. Because in the fall, when I was looking for books that I wanted to highlight for the Soul Food Book Club, I was like oh we're gonna do an author study and let's work with kelly martin's work and so we did what rachel did and we did trinity row now i love them both i love them all i love all three um uh, it's so hard for me to say like which ones i just can put top to i love what rachel did love it so much the twist in that book you had me you had me like near the end. i loved it all i had just I think fake Nora though. Like Oh I, good. I just love them all though. Kelly, you've got such like one a dynamic list. Like oh, yeah, thank you. Like I love that you just go after story. Like you go after it. But when but your writing is phenomenal. Like oh. top notch Middle grade horror, right here, y'all. Like, I've read middle grade horror, I've read you know, YA horror. And Kelly, you're the top for me. You're like, I'm fanning because I'm telling the truth. It's like, you're the best out there. Um, I'm just thank you. Oh, my goodness, I'm so blessed that I found your books because I'm good and I'm gonna be like a fan forever. Um, oh, thank you, but like, I love. The relationships that you build. Like, okay, little brother Nolan, sweet little brother, and you've got Nora, and you've just got this great relationship there with this character, this family. Um, you know how sometimes you'll read a book and everything's falling apart in the world, and it's everything. It's family dynamics a mess. The, the social life is a mess. And then you've got all these other issues that are going on. Like, I loved the balance that you had in the book with the light with the family but also the dark and the creepy and the scary and the intense emotion even from the brother i can't spoil it but i mean like i wanted like i was feeling like teary-eyed going oh no don't don't mess i want to like go in, don't mess with nolan like i know i think i think that the
1: reason the story works so well is because you have to have that that first little bit where they actually do get along you don't want nora and nolan to not like each other because then when fake nora comes he's not gonna care and then her parents aren't gonna notice it so and i I've I've been guilty in the past, as a lot of authors do, of having um, characters who don't have um, both parents. Who, well, that's fine. I mean, I do it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. If but it's that's meant for that kid.
1: Yeah. that's something I wanted to have in Fagnor. Though this is probably one of the I've started uh, more lately, but this is one of the first that I can think of. I'll probably have more, but one of the first books where there's two parents and and it's a Saturday and they're spending time together and they're having a good time together and they like spending time together and so when fake Nora comes out it's not as easy for her to pretend to be Nora because she one, she's not been out since the 40s so she's still using um, like different terms for mother and different things yeah. like that so it's easy for Nora's mother to be like, wait, something's Old timey energy. Oh. It's like old timey energy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think that 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 balances it. Yeah. Out. And I I liked it was so fun to write a happy happy little family that I got to tear apart.
0: I know, and I know. So tell about your writing process because you are such a prolific writer. You have such an extensive backlist, like how do you approach your stories
1: usually my stories either come from me thinking like what if something happens um or seeing a picture and getting inspired by it. i have a whole interest board it's secret it's ideas that have no home <laughs>
0: yeah. with you that's that's a process i do
1: yes and if i'm looking for a story idea i'll I'll go through the Pinterest list and try to find the picture if something, you know, kind of comes out. Um, mostly it starts with what if, though. Like, what if this happened? What if something, you know, um, took over your life? What would that look like? What would happen to one, the thing taking over your life, and two, you how would you get back and then you had all this you have all these other things that happen so uh yeah usually it starts with what if and get inspiration for pictures or just i love going abandoned house hunting where um my husband actually that's what we did on our anniversary because we couldn't go anywhere because of you know so we went to hardy's and got some breakfast and then we drove all around i live in a very rural part of Tennessee so we drove around all the back roads looking for abandoned houses and I take pictures of those houses or videos and a lot of those houses make it into
0: my books Trinity Row maybe
1: Trinity (laughs) Row yeah that was a that was at the end of a of a actual that's not an actual house but it was in a town it's it was pulled from different houses that I'd seen that had been abandoned,
0: so yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've got a lot of courage going into <laughs> abandoned houses.
1: I don't go in them. I've only been in one, but it's not that I'm afraid to go in them. I just don't want to be caught trespassing. Right.
0: Right. But you love <laughs> to take. So you're taking pictures and collecting yes, the yes. pictures, which have to be amazing, by the way. Yeah.
1: they're I love it, and and I like going and like I've been taking pictures. I guess or six years of some of these houses and you can go back and see i mean it's kind of sad it is sad but you can go back and see how they've changed because it's sad houses if people are living in them they stay together
0: they're alive yeah Uh, they
1: stay alive and when nobody's living there they fall apart
0: They grief they're mourning
1: yeah and and it's always like i want to know you know who built it? Why did they leave? Like, there's some houses you go into or you don't go into. I've been one. <laughs> like I said, I'm more afraid of the law than I'm a ghost. <laughs> but but um, you, they have, like, curtains on the outside. Somebody left and there's still curtains there. Like, they didn't take their stuff. So then you're like, well, why did they leave? Why did they leave so fast? Did they leave and think they were going to get to come back? That's the sad one. It's like, did they just leave to go, I don't know, somewhere and didn't get to come back?
0: So now we get to see the mind of Kelly Martin, where you go (laughs) out and you start creating backstories for the houses. (laughs) You're trying to fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. So, when you know you have the concept, so you have your what if, you ask your question. Do you sit down and do an outline so you know where you're headed, or do you just pants it all the way and say, "Take me for a ride, Nora. Let's see where we go." Like
1: I, I used to be a total and complete pantser. Total. I didn't outline anything, it, and I'm still sort of the same way. If I know how a book ends, I can't write it. Like I have a really hard time getting motivated. If I can, if I figure out the ending you know, I don't want to write it. I know how it ends. So I write like I watch a movie from the very first word to the very last word. Some people do really good at writing scenes. I can't do that. Uh, You know, scenes out of place. I have to go straight through like there's a movie playing and I'm watching it now when like I write just in word. And at the end of the last page in word, I have like in in, a like caps. What I need to remember, there's a lot of stuff, that, you know, to remember. Like, like one of them was um, remember the clock because it's important. Remember Tennessee weather because she's going to be hot by the end of the day. Um, you know, remember what she's wearing. You know, different notes that I need to remember toward the end. I do outline more now, but my outlines are just like bullet points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have like full blown outlines or story beats, and and I've tried, I I, I try, and I'll have them wrote down, and then when I sit down to write,
0: pull out the window.
1: Yeah, it, it didn't go that way. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I wasted all that. time.
0: That's why the last time I spent no more than 20 minutes doing it on a live kind of plotting some things out. It was because I knew I knew I wasn't going to give more than 20 minutes to that process.
1: Yeah. And I I admire <laughs> people that can. I just yeah. I go for I, it. Yeah, I, I think it's good if you if you need the to connect the dots and write it down. And I do that. I think I do it in reverse though. Like what I will do, I have a if I get my first draft finished, when I get it finished, I go back. And while I'm reading it to edit, I'll write an outline of what I have.
0: Oh, I did that. So, I've done that. But it was not yeah. it was bullet points, though. It yeah. wasn't like did you do bullet points?
1: I did bullet points and page numbers, like chapter and page numbers. So so I would remember like uh, uh, continuity things. And um, if if the bad thing about like pants in a book is you can have like a reveal on page fifty. Start writing four days later. Forgot you've done that, and then do the same thing later. So I end up writing bullet points of what reveals I have. Um, I'm I liked, I like to throw in like foreshadowing lines, but it'll be like one line that there's. I used to say that the whole plot of my books you will know the ending in the first at least four chapters but you won't know you know the ending so I always put in little and it'll be one line it'll be like a throwaway line that you wouldn't even expect to be a spoiler
0: and now I've got to go back and read fake Nora again (laughs) okay so you've done that in your book man I gotta go back
1: I love hey. throwaway lines. Throwaway lines—they're not throwaway lines, but
0: I love how oh, you call it that, though. That's your thing. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I love it because it's just—it just—it it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> like, so, i told you, I told you how to, or at least I gave like a a a—it's it's foreshadowing, is what it is. But I don't like want to hit anybody over the head with like, hey, this is
0: foreshadowing. <laughs> Remember this line. So I'll just put in like a throwaway line. I love it. I'm going back. I'm going. I'm looking. (laughs) So you you talked a little bit about four days later and this can happen. So what is your writing routine? Like, do you have a set time? Because I know busy mama, you've got a full-time job. Like, talk about how you manage everything and still write as much as you do.
1: Oh, I used to write a lot more. I used to not sleep very much uh, so
0: you gave away sleep you yes. sacrificed sleep
1: yes for a long time I, i've been writing see i wrote my i started writing my first book in 2011 so i guess what 10 years 10 years will be 10 oh. years in november good land anyway <laughs> um so i when i when i first started i didn't sleep very much anyway so i just stayed up rotten. um and I'd sleep like, I don't know, three or four hours a day. And the girls were, my when I first started writing, my girls were six, five, and one. So they would be, we. I had a laptop. I don't even have a laptop anymore. <laughs> I had a laptop and I would sit in the living room with them. They'd watch like Nickelodeon and we'd dance or whatever, like between sentences or whatever. And then I would finish writing, you know, when they went to bed. And now that I've got older... <laughs> um it's hard uh, the sleep has caught up to me I was like, gonna
0: say you can't do that forever you can't
1: but... do it forever it's caught up to me and especially I'm a teacher as you know <laughs> and uh, I teach four-year-olds and I get older and they stay four <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I get home like I'll just go out. will you know talk to the girls and and make sure they've done their work and see how their day was and then i'll go lay in the bed just to rest my eyes for a minute and wake up like four hours later so (laughs) the weekend has started to be where i catch up on writing books or if i have a deadline i do really good with deadlines um like i have to have two books finished by the end of july um so i have now that i have that deadline i'll I'll try not to go to lay down. i just won't lay down that's my problem (laughs) just don't need to lay down um but yeah i a lot of sleep and then i found out that i had um, thyroid problems and that can lead to insomnia so then i started taking thyroid medicine to make myself feel better and i sleep now just it's a little too much
0: but Anyway, but your your deadlines work for you, so yes,
1: yeah. So yeah,
0: with the deadlines, and then do you work just ten months like me? Like you know, I work at the high school, yeah. and we're ten months. So how's your summer? Like, do you really focus your writing during those times?
1: I do, um, and I, I write a lot and rest a lot and do um, you know things around the house that need to get done. But usually, my summers are. Are spent doing a lot of writing and one of the things I do if I have a deadline and I have to get a book out especially during the you know, school time when um, you know at, at the end of the day when you're just really tired but you know you have a deadline you have to get to I write in 15 minute sprints that mm-hmm. way I can come in here I can sit down I, I set a timer I write for 15 minutes When the timers up okay I'll write it down I'll go do something else. I'll go wash dishes or wash clothes or if I'm cooking supper I'll figure something out with that. Then I'll come back in here and I'll do that four times a night. So yeah, that's what I do to get the the words out when I definitely need to. I've been I just finished a book about a month ago, so I was taking a little break. So that's why I've been sleeping more lately. But starting Monday, since I've got deadlines, there'll be no more naps for me. <laughs>
0: now even if it's a 20 minute power nap sometimes those are all you need yeah like like i come home every day i feel you kelly i come home every day from work and i have to like zone out and take a nap before supper and homeschool starts in the evening and yeah it's harder but i'm ready for spring break i'm ready for (laughs) nano because of Nano. i've already got my project ready like you do you do nano are you doing april nano or yeah, November? In the april, april nano i think yep. i am i don't know it's so busy
1: i teach special ed and um yes
0: and <laughs> you know march. my master's is in special ed
1: i know <laughs> um, so my where i have four-year-olds we do their kindergarten meetings and they're in march and april april one head
0: count so you get yes. busy Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: between that March and April are my two March, April, August, and September are my busiest months at school. So I try to give myself. I used to beat myself up about it. Like if I I would come home so tired, and I'm like, no, I got to write two thousand words today. Like I had to, I had to write two thousand words, especially when I was starting out, and I was trying to get a backlist, and I was trying to get books out and backlists and all this stuff accomplished um so i w- <laughs> have you ever fallen asleep rotten
0: <laughs> uh, no i don't think so but i can remember so.
1: and then you wake up and you're like oh see i can type with my eyes closed so i'll be typing and then sometimes i'll go to sleep and i'll look to see what i've written <laughs> and All it's like right. your finger got stuck on z or something and you're like oh no i've gone to sleep
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're yeah, YouTubing I, I, too. Like yeah. you're YouTubing, you're, you're oh yeah. on social media. So you're not just someone that hides behind the screen and says, I've just got to write. You're out no. there. You're moving. You're I'm on moving. the ball. Maybe that's why I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, but you're, you seem though, like each day when you post, how much do you spend on social media? Like, Do you spend quick or do you get down the rabbit hole and you just get lost in it all? Or do you really like monitor your social media?
1: I don't monitor it. I just, if I, my phone's at the end of the day is always on me. So if I see something, I mean, I'm just scroll every once in a while. Um, I don't have like a certain time or certain, I used to have, like I wanted to have an Instagram post every day and a Twitter post every day. And I wanted to do like, different things. And and that got to be where I was having to think of content that didn't seem authentic. So now I just, if I see something I like, I repost it. If, um, or I'll post something that happens. Um, like I wasn't expecting to go see the abandoned house on Friday, but we went and saw it. So I just made a video of it, made a TikTok.
0: So I don't know if that's the right advice to give, but But it's more you. It's more authentic and you're not forcing or pressuring yourself.
1: Yeah, that I had to take a little bit of step back from YouTube because I was posting, um, I had a live stream on Monday and I had a plan with me live on Sunday. And then I had a topical video on Thursday and it was a lot So now I just post whenever I I have an idea or something I need to post. And I end up like, I, I even already have like two or three ideas of stuff that I want to have because I took that pressure off, which is ironic when I say I write better on deadlines. I write better on deadlines. But social media, I do better not. I think it's the social part, though. You know, you're supposed to be social on social media. That's the point of it. And I love, I love commenting on other people's videos and other people's um, pictures and other people's TikToks and other people's Twitters. So, I I, I just, I want to be more social. on social.
0: Yeah, you (laughs) don't want to feel like you're just doing it to check off a box.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and that's what I was doing. Like I had, I used to have a planner, IFTY, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube every day make sure I was on it. And I took that completely off. I was like, this is not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be social and <laughs> yeah. I want to get on Instagram. I will get on it. And I do every day, like four times, so it doesn't <laughs> matter, but it's not like I'm having to make myself do it. Yeah. And I think, I think you can tell a difference. I personally think you can tell when somebody's on a social media thing, because they feel like they have to, or because somebody told them they had to, or somebody like, you need to be on this to sell books, which is fine, but I, I, think, you can, I think you can tell.
0: Yeah. But what it is, though, when you have the pressure off, like you said, the opposite of the deadlines, you have this freedom of creativity to just do your thing. When I first started Instagram, I was so impressed with how people could keep a color palette. Yes. And I was like, wow, how gorgeous is this? I want to start this purple color palette thing. Come on. I couldn't maintain that. I was like, there'd be pretty stuff I wanted to show on there that wasn't purple. And then I would Mm -hmm. be like, you know what? I'm abandoning every bit of this foolishness that I was trying to do. That really wasn't me. That was somebody else's Instagram that worked for them. And when I stepped back and said, okay, I'm just going to do some random mess because I'm a random person. Then that made sense for my world. Mm -hmm. So, I think it took me, though, going through it. It took you going through it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I had to go through different. You know how you want to have an aesthetic. (laughs) But I ended up, I thought, okay, they say they, whoever they is, they use the same filter. So, I would try to use the same filter, and it would look good on some pictures and not good on some other pictures. So, I'm just like. No, <laughs> so I just ended up doing. Uh, most of mine are dark. But then, have you ever been? I know I'm sure you've changed it now, but you see a picture and you really want to post it, or you really want to retweet it, or re, um regram it, and it doesn't fit your aesthetic, and you're
0: like, "How many people actually go to your actual wall to and look at the whole thing?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like <laughs> I was so over that so quick because sometimes when you try to do things to check off the box you really just don't have the motivation to maintain it
1: right you're just tired and you want to done. no it, yep. yep. it works for some people and, of and course. If it works it works that's great
0: but it, that's finding your way
1: yeah i have a friend she takes the most the prettiest uh book uh tube pictures of her books they are so pretty
0: i love and that song. i tried
1: and I failed. I don't have like great lot. <laughs> so, um, like, and, she, and I want her pictures because they're so pretty. And she has t- taken a few pictures with my books and sent them to me because so I like 100 pictures. But I found out that if I just put a book on my bookshelf and take a picture of it and write and, my, you know, put a little uh, filter on it and a caption, and
0: it it's seems good. to work. <laughs> It's good. It's serving its purpose. You're sharing out when the Lord has you to move, you move. You're sharing <laughs> That's out That's what it move. is. That's it. That's it. So speaking of Instagram, so I was having to be scrolling on there today, and I saw some news, Kelly. Yes. I saw some news being announced and I'm like, wait a minute. We're going to have Jesse's story from fake Nora. Okay, y'all got to read fake Nora. So now you know who Jesse is, who I'm talking about. So that way when that book is going to be coming out, come on, tell Mm -hmm. me about how all that came to be. I was so excited when I saw that.
1: Yeah. When the arcs came out in, I can't remember if they came out in i think they came out in january i think it's either december or january i don't remember but the arts came out and people were reading them and they were posting about having them and like we i got lots of comments from people both you know in dms and right you know just in messages and they were like we need more we want to know jesse's story we want to know jesse's story and monster ivy kept getting messages too and so um, I can't remember. I wasn't going to keep going with it, but cause I was trying to think of another middle grade. I didn't know if they wanted, another, I don't know if they want another book, <laughs> honestly. And I didn't know if they want another middle grade and I didn't know, and I didn't have a book written to send them yet. So I was going to wait. I was going to write in April and send them a book in July and see if they wanted it for next year. Anyway. So, um, uh people started messaging how much they wanted um, another book so i messaged mary at monster ivy and i was like hey do you think we should have a second book and she was like yes we would love to so then um it was not official or anything and then uh we just didn't talk about it much anymore after that. And and when the book came out or was about to come out, people would be like, We need Jesse Story, we need this. but every post or most every post I saw was like, We need Jesse Story, we need Jesse Story. So um uh it became official. <laughs> she sent me a message, she was like, I we we really want this. So um I signed the contract last night.
0: Hooray! So, yeah,
1: Congratulations. Yeah, there will be a Jesse story in March 2022.
0: That sounds oh. so wild. Oh, my gosh. So, a year from now, I hope mm-hmm. to have you back on so we can yeah. celebrate Jesse in the world. I mean, I absolutely loved his character. And so, without doing any spoiler alerts, guys, when I finished the book, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I can't tell what more I wanted. <laughs> I think Kelly can fill in the blank. Yeah i'm gonna send kelly a private message too because it's like it's i gotta dm her and say listen this is this is the jesse i would like to because it's just it's such a good relationship it's just a good story and i love the friendship and i love it and i love the backstory of it and and the whole dynamic around that like it was like so cool and even though you're introducing this character and it's not Nora, it's someone else in the world, you feel so much about that character too. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that you take care of your people. Oh, like, like you take care of your people when they, when they come to you, you dress them up and give them up. And I, I mean, you just do it so nice. Oh, and thank like, you. You do. I just, I love them all. And so I can't wait for, book two to come out so guys everybody's got to just stop what you're doing go get fake nora you're gonna love it and and one thing about middle grade horror is that you even gave me a word i learned quiet horror Mm -hmm. i was like i started googling i'm like is this a thing And like kelly's teaching me like it's just a really creepy creepy it's creepy it's unnerving it's unsettling you know it's atmospheric, yeah. It's not the gore, it's not the huge jump scare, scare you out your mind, nightmarish mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it's that creepy heartbeat going through that rhythm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's it makes its presence known, yeah, and <laughs> all of your books. And so I'm like, dang, this is just great. So, middle grades, like. You've done middle grade. You've done YA. You've done quite a few of, you know, different genres. Like, tell me about some of your favorites.
1: Well, (laughs) I started writing uh, my very first book was Crossing the Deep, and it was a young adult uh, Christian contemporary book. Uh, It was about three people who had got uh, stuck during a hiking trip in the Smoky Mountains and it it's so funny to think about it because all that book is not scary but it has a scene that was inspired by stephen king's it so like and then i got to notice him, i've been writing like five years and i got to noticing that every one of my books had like a scary thing in it there's a book i had out that's not in print anymore it's not out anymore. It's called The Beast of Ravenston. And it has the absolute scariest scene I've ever written. <laughs> and it's not horror. And then I was thinking, well, you know, <laughs> if I'm gonna ride it in there anyway. I might as well just go for it. But yeah, I've written, I've written a lot. I've written um, February, I've written historical fiction. Um, I had I still have this um um afterlife of Lizzie Monroe. Um, it goes back and forth between uh, civil war times and now times um, it was that's the book that I scared my mother the most <laughs> there's there's this it's a girl named Lizzie, and um, her boyfriend her boyfriend yeah fiance died during the war and she couldn't handle it so she you know and uh, they buried her in the wall of the church but she had on she didn't die so she'd been in this church for hundreds of years she came out things <laughs> so anyway um, that was the one that scared my mother the most um, but yeah I've written I've written a lot of different things and I don't so- think I have a favorite I, I like I love scary I love um, haunted houses that's my that's what I love to read too. Just, I I think it's the atmosphere of it, the the I don't know.
0: The what if of it. You the what if
1: you don't you think it could go either way. You could say, Oh, it's a ghost. It could be somebody pretending to be a ghost or somebody squatting or somebody trying Baby. to scare somebody. Could be yeah. It could be, could be anything. Or it could be all in their mind, like in um, The Haunting of Hill House. Right. Didn't really ever know which way it went.
0: So. And so when you're writing, do you read a lot of middle grade horror while you're writing? Do you watch a lot of movies? Were you all into the goosebumps and all of the, you know, how do you process that kind of research or do you just go with the story?
1: I was an are you afraid of the dark kind of girl. <laughs> That was my favorite, my absolute favorite show from Nickelodeon. Um, I have a really hard time writing the genre or reading what I, the genre that I'm writing. So if I'm writing a scary book, I'm usually reading a Regency romance. <laughs> while I'm writing it, um, I, I don't know why. I, I think it's because I'm afraid that if if I'm writing a middle grade horror book and i'm writing a middle grade horror book and i see something that's really cool in that book i don't want to you know accidentally put it in mine so yeah i also write under a pen name i write sweet romances under Marty case so when i write those books i'll read like my scary middle grade books
0: listen to you and so i read within the genre of when i'm writing and watching the movies so we all have just a different way and we find out like what works for us yeah and so go with that. And now tell me about this pen name situation. What made you decide to hit the pen name world?
1: I wanted to write. I, I had I, I'd scared a lot of people <laughs> in my life. And I wanted to write some more Hallmark-ish movies, books. But it didn't fit with the brand of uh, Kelly Martin. So I decided to make a pen name for those. So um, it's Marty K. just my name backwards and it's for people who might who would like to read my books but don't
0: like scary books so i think i have
1: four uh, four or five so now
0: so now i'm gonna have to go and research marty k (laughs) so i'm writing all this down (laughs) and how many books are like do you have a goal of how many books that you would like to release in a year like, do you have a set goal? Do you do a calendar for release?
1: I used to. And I have, at the beginning of the year, I have, like, a perfect world release schedule. Uh, it rarely happens. I love that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, so this year, usually I have the dates out. This year, I don't really have. Like, I know I want to have one out in September. Um, I know... I don't know. I know there's one coming out in September. That's all I
0: know. But that's good because you've had a March and then you'll have a September. You're giving yourself that space. So now that I've got the Sunday Killer out in August, I did Love Over Pizza, My Sweet Romance, and I've got to wait. Hold that space and not hit publish on books (laughs) that I have Yeah. because I've got the Sunday killer coming up and I need to focus those energy. Yeah. Pieces. See,
1: I used to be when I was trying to, when I, there was one year, I don't remember what year it was. I had eight books come out.
0: That's what I did my first year. And that yeah. was to build the list. I did yes. the rapid release strategy. You watched mm-hmm. a lot of videos about that. Yeah. I don't regret it. No, I, I don't regret doing that, but I also on the flip side, understand the value of the space.
1: Yes. I understand. Um, I used to, you know, you, you build up, you build up, you build up, release, and then you you move on. That's what I used to do. I do this a lot. I'm sorry. I want not sit on my hands. Uh, but I had a writer friend tell me one time, she was like, you know, this is not like a movie that comes out in theaters. You don't get the big release first weekend, and then it goes away. Like, you can build this up. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I've I've really tried to start um focusing on one book at a time. And I, I really like it. I think it's fun. i love talking to everybody about fake Nora and and focusing on fake Nora. I have two books that are written that are ready, mostly ready. One's ready to be published, one's almost ready to be published. And you know, I'm not I mean, they're not coming out next month. Let's
0: say right. You're giving it space, and you're giving Faith Nora her time to shine. Yeah. And it's like, look at the book box and the giveaways, and all of the wonderful, like, support that you've had for Mm -hmm. Faith Nora. Like, the energy has just been like you could feel it through the screen.
1: I know it was so. Oh, I've had so many tears, (laughs) so many happy tears. I mean. One, people, it never gets old. I'm in a video about it on release day about after 40 books, those releases get old. No. No. They don't get old at all. The nerves are still there. I think you get more nervous because when, when your first book comes out, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And then by your fourth one, you're like, oh, my. Land. One, you don't want people to be like, oh, he's got another book. He's going to talk about forever. Um, and then you want people you don't want it be crickets so you have a different set of nerves and a different set of you know expectations and things like that Um, so yeah when when the early reviews started coming out and people were asking for a sequel and then uh, when I did an interview on uh, Thursday with Lynn and people had she couldn't give a paperback away and the reason she couldn't was everybody that was there and there was quite a few people already had the book and i was like oh my god can i feel quoted back <laughs> she couldn't and she couldn't give it away and then everybody in the comments was like I already have it you know I already have and i scrolled back up and they they already had it they already read it and i was like this is not a bad problem to have
0: exactly that's and a good then,
1: one and then when we announced that there was going to be book two which is um the bad ones which is coming oh. out next year
0: love um, the title too love yeah. it <laughs> i know they're gonna do just wonders for the cover and for the interior i no, can't, I can't wait.
1: wait i can't wait to see it um but yeah and then the people were they were excited and it wasn't crickets it wasn't oh you know congratulations it was yes that that was that was like the biggest i don't know it couldn't have got much better than that
0: (laughs) i did hallelujah hands that's what i called them. hallelujah hands (laughs) so on instagram i've got hallelujah hands on that post i'm like that's it well so now that we are coming to a close for the for our hangout time i just want to say how much I truly love your work. Like I Thank am you. just so blessed to have had this opportunity to meet you and share in the success and the creepiness of fake Nora and guys, you've got to go out and get your coffee. Trust me, you will not be sorry. I'm super excited to shout you out to the rooftops, Kelly, because it's Thank such you. so well-deserved.
1: Um, oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you, Kelly, so they can uh, go and hook up.
1: I'm on Instagram at Kelly Martin author. I'm at, on Facebook at Kelly Martin author. Uh, YouTube, uh, Kelly Martin books. Uh, BookBub is me. I'm on Goodreads, Twitter. I'm around. She's you can I'm there. Everything's on my website at kellymartinbooks.com. Everything. Every place you want to find me.
0: (laughs) And so, guys, there's going to be links down in the description where you can get your copy of Fake Nora. And I'm going to put all of her social media links there. Go subscribe to her YouTube channel. Keep up with Kelly because you are just phenomenal. And I can't wait to see what you put out next. Thank you so much. All right, guys, thank you for joining us today. Bye guys. The Writing Warriors for Jesus are excited to announce we'll be having two free writing conferences this year. The WWJ Youth Summit will be held on May 22, 2021, and our Writing Warriors for Jesus writing conference will be August the 6th and 7th. Please join us during our live streams, where we'll be talking about Jesus and writing all day. All sessions will be live from YouTube and Facebook. You don't have to register to attend, but registration allows the Writing Warriors for Jesus to collect your email in order to draw door prizes during the event and send you emails of conference information. You can follow us at Jesus Writing on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date on all of our conference news. Hope to see you there.